What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Health Unscripted with Dr. D. I am Dr. Ashley Dwyer, and we are back. So I want to kind of make an exciting announcement, and then I have another announcement at the end of this podcast, so you're going to have to like stay tuned. But I went ahead and hired myself some accountability to make these podcasts happen, to make me snap into shape and be like, record, because people want to hear it, and I'm just slacking. I, I, you know, it's like the old saying we say with dieting and weight loss, like I know what to do. I just need to do it. And that's what I need to do. And so I needed to hire some accountability to make myself do it. So I'm really excited about that. I'm also adding a video portion to this podcast. And I'm like sitting here recording now in front of my computer, filming myself. And I'm like, I don't want to watch myself record this podcast. (laughs) So if I'm awkward, the first couple of episodes, just let me be awkward because watching yourself while you're talking is a little weird, but I'm going to switch to the notes that I take and go from there on the episodes. So I want to make this a weekly thing. We're going to continue to pop out on Thursdays. So it should be available like super early Thursday mornings. You can find it on Apple podcasts, Spotify podcasts, et cetera. Um, if there's different outlets, I will let you know, but we're still, I'm still going to try and make these bite-sized episodes like 20 minutes, 25 minutes max so that you guys can listen to them on walks on the way to work, on the way home from work, et cetera, so that they're not super long. We don't have to keep coming back to it and you miss a bunch of things. So I'm, you know, if you have any podcast topics that you want me to especially go over, please either, you know, uh, message me on Instagram. That's the best way to get a hold of me. I answer all my DMs. It's Dr. Dr. Dwyer on Instagram. I'll put it in the show notes. You can come find me. And just let me know some podcast topics you really want to know about or ask me questions and I'll turn them into podcast topics. And I would just love to have you join me too and say hi and then, you know, become besties over the interwebs. So today, and I can't believe I've never done an episode on this before, but I had a girlfriend of mine tell me like, you know, it'd be really interesting to kind of debunk some fad diets and go through them. And we've, I've done that on Instagram. And I've done some comments about that, but I've never actually done podcast episodes on them. And I've never actually done a podcast episode on intermittent fasting, which new data just came out at intermittent fasting at the end of September. And I did a reel on Instagram about it. I also posted it on TikTok, but I want to talk more in depth about intermittent fasting because fasting, skipping meals, like eating one meal a day, it's still super popular out there. And there needs to be more instruction on it because it's not for everybody. Just like my one podcast episode, like hit is not for everyone. High intensity interval training is not for everyone. Neither is intermittent fasting. And we're going to get into it today. I'm also going to bring up a study, which I talked about in my reel of like kind of shedding some light on intermittent fasting, but also why I'm not a fan of it. If you're watching this video portion, mm, <laughs> I'm missing a nail. Uh, and it just caught me off guard on my video. See, this is going to be the awkward moments because I slammed it in between weights at the gym and it broke off and I get the dip. So it cracked it. And so I just had to pick it off, but luckily we can redo them tomorrow. It's not like you guys are caring about this. It's just, this is what you get with my squirrel brain. And we don't, you know, I don't edit these. Maybe my new person will edit these, but I hope not because this is the fun part of the podcast. So today we're going to get into intermittent fasting what it is, the different types of intermittent fasting and why it's become so popular, how it really works for weight loss, what the actual point of intermittent fasting is. And then we'll go over the study to see whether it's superior and whether it actually works 
um, in regards to if it's better than just like a typical calorie deficit. So what is intermittent fasting? So intermittent fasting is obviously, you know, periods of fasting, intermittent, <laughs> uh, alternating with periods of non-fasting. And so you can do this in different ways. So the most popular way is going to be the 16. Yeah. I was just typing some things in my notes. So I didn't forget. Um, it's going to be the most popular way, which is 16, eight. So fasting for 16 hours, eating for eight hours. So that means that you're literally probably doing like a 12 PM to 8 PM time window of eating, or maybe you're, you're doing it earlier. It's all going to depend on your schedule. You get to pick this window, but it's 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of eating. Then there's going to be the 10, 12, which is 12 hours of fasting, 10 hours of eating. So that's a window people do. Then there's OMAD or one meal a day. So you literally just try and get all of your calories into one meal a day. So you're essentially fasting for like 23 hours, basically, um, or however long it takes you to eat that meal. And then there's alternate day fasting. So you'll fast an entire 24 hours and then you'll eat normal the next day. There's multiple day fastings. You'll get like the seven day water fasts, things of that nature. But the most popular one is 16, eight. That's what's been in most studies. That's what most people kind of do where you hear them like skip breakfast and then just drink like black coffee and water until lunchtime. And that's when they decide to eat. Some people actually do this on accident because you wake up in the morning and you're not hungry. So you're like, well, I'm not hungry for breakfast. I'm going to skip breakfast. And then I'll eat lunch, which is like at 12. So you're unintentionally intermittent fasting, even if you're not cutting yourself off at bedtime, because like, obviously if you're doing the eight window, the 12, eight or the 16, eight window, you would stop eating at 8 PM. You know, let's say you stop eating at 9 PM. Some people stop eating earlier than that because they're afraid to eat before bed, which is also a myth by the way. But, um, uh, if you're not hungry in the morning, it's a whole different podcast topic. And we'll go over that hunger cues. If you're not hungry in the morning, that's a bad sign. That means your metabolism has probably slowed down and your hunger cues are no longer present anymore. We need to get those back. So that's a whole other episode, but for the point of this one and sticking with intermittent fasting, the point behind intermittent fasting and where it gained like health popularity is from a longevity standpoint, autophagy, getting the mitochondria up to speed, like giving the digestive system a break, giving the liver a break, like letting things kind of chill out before we just keep slamming them with food. It also helps with living longer and supposedly, right? Letting things power up the way they're supposed to. Um, you know, that is the point. Hold on. We're going to, we're going to do some more notes. I don't like this video already. But it's basically like if anyone, if you don't know what autophagy is either, by the way, um, it is the body's cellular like recycling system. So when a cell breaks down, you get rid of it. If it's unnecessary or dysfunctional components of the cell, right? Like our body sheds and rebuilds cells every single day, every single second. It just depends on the organ and how long it takes to actually shed cells. So for example, um, your taste buds re do or shed or rebuild every 21 days. So you can actually change your taste sensitivity every 21 days. I feel like I need to also make that a podcast topic. Um, and then your, your shells, your shells, your cells turn over every seven years. So you're literally a different human being every seven years. And those cells are kind of made of what you eat. So you literally are what you eat. Um, but autophagy is just, you know, conserved degradation of cells. 
So, so it's promoted with intermittent fasting, but the problem is intermittent fasting got its popularity because people started to lose weight on it. Because obviously if you're going to restrict the hours in which you're eating, you're probably not eating as much as you were before. If you're skipping an entire meal, like breakfast, you're definitely at least eliminating 300 calories right there. That puts you in a deficit. So it started to gain a lot of popularity in diet culture because of the weight loss effects from it. So people were like, oh, cool. I don't have to change anything else about my diet and lifestyle. I just need to eat between these hours only. And that will help me lose weight. Like, yeah, in theory, I totally get it. I even tried it back in the day because I was like, I like to try diets anyway and give my opinion on them, most of them. Now I just won't even touch a fad diet, but I did try intermittent fasting back in the day. It was not my thing. I absolutely need breakfast. Um, And we'll get into why it was not ideal for me a little later, but not a fan. It's also not sustainable for most people from a social aspect. Like I did it years ago. So it's more social and going out with friends. And if you're cutting off like, calories by 8 PM and you're going out with your friends at 10 PM, that's not much fun, right? Like you, you have to make sure dinners are early enough and you can't ever do like breakfast dates or, or things like that. So it got to be like unsustainable for me and it is unsustainable for most people. Um, but we choose to do it because we want the weight loss benefits, but really all it is, is a calorie deficit. And that's why you're losing weight. It's a calorie deficit. And most studies on intermittent fasting are done in men. They're done in men. New data is coming out in women, thankfully. But all of the old ones where all of this was touted and promoted were done in men who have stable hormone levels every single day. Their testosterone changes 24 hours and they're back to normal the next day. It's not like women where our cycles and our hormone fluctuates 28 days. And that's an average woman. It could be longer, could be, could be less, right? So when you have unstable hormone levels, and it's not that there's anything wrong with that, that's literally how we function as women, it doesn't work the same. Women are more prone to stress, more sensitive to stress based on our hormones. And so what happens when you skip meals, what happens when you fast and put your body in an elevated cortisol state? What happens with caffeine on an empty stomach, which is what we usually do in intermittent fasting? What happens with a calorie deficit and a prolonged calorie deficit? All of these intensify stress on the body. And then let's add in working out too. And let's say you get your workout in in the morning because it's the only time, but you're an intermittent faster. So you don't have breakfast until hours after your workout. So you're working out fasted, even more of a stressor. So all of this high cortisol release is wreaking havoc on your thyroid and your sex hormones. So you may start to lose weight. Yes, but you're also going to feel super irritable, tired. You may miss a period. You may have irregular periods. If you're on birth control, it's going to be harder to track because you're not really having a normal cycle. Anyway, you're having withdrawal bleeds. So getting off birth control is like my fave, which we're adding that to the list too, but I know that's not an option for everybody. So we need to be realistic, but watching your cycles and watching your energy levels and watching all of that, you need to be really self-aware and tap into your body to see how you're actually feeling. And a lot of people I know may lose, you know, they've lost weight on intermittent fasting right away or within like the first month. But then all that stress catches up to you and you start to gain the weight back or you plateau and can't lose anymore. And you're like, why can't I lose? And 
you know, we don't take into account like that kind of stress on the body. When we think about stress, we think about work deadlines, kids, financial stuff, spouse, house stuff, right? Like that's all the things on our to-do list that is stressing us out, but that is perceived stress. And that is like physical stress. We don't think about the stressors that we're doing to ourselves, which is under eating, overtraining, skipping meals, fasting. And then if we have any hormonal conditions or any type of health conditions on top of that, that could be a bad thing too. Like intermittent fasting is not really recommended for people with diabetes or blood sugar dysregulation because you'll have hypoglycemia (laughs) and that's no fun. No one wants to pass out. Right. So not recommended for that population. It's also not recommended for populations where stress can make your situation worse. Like hypothyroidism like myself, which is why I did not do well on intermittent fasting. It made my situation way worse. Uh, PCOS also an insulin resistant type of thing, anything with hormonal dysregulation, we're trying to get the hormones happy. Fasting is not ideal. We want to minimize stress in these situations, not inflame it. So we want to get rid of anything that's going to stress out the body, which would be fasting. And all the things that come along with fasting, like caffeine on an empty stomach, working out fasted, stuff like that. I just hit my microphone, the passion in me about fasting. I hate it. So now that we've kind of had those, those talks now, I'm not saying for all women, like all women should avoid it. I'm saying women of childbearing age should avoid it. If you're postmenopausal, you don't have the same hormone fluctuations going on. You may have better success with fasting and it won't affect you as much. But if you have not gone through menopause yet, you're still having a normal menstrual cycle, you're still of childbearing age, I would say intermittent fasting is not for you. If you want to do intermittent fasting, 12 hours would be the max I would fast, which is basically like an overnight situation where you stop eating before bed, like two to three hours. Um, You may even do better with like a just 10 hour fast if you want to really empty the digestive system and let it go. I know for me, I probably stop eating at like, nine, nine 30. And I don't eat again until seven 38 in the morning. So I'm kind of doing like a 10 hour fast overnight. Um, but that's the most I'll do. Like I wake up and I need breakfast, you know, 30 minutes after I pop my thyroid pills. So, uh, I would say that's the most, but as far as like women doing one meal a day or even 24 hour fasts for a period of time, or, you know, it's not going to hit you the first week you do it. You're not going to feel great the first week you do it because you're probably going to be hungry. But over time, that stress response will catch up with you. And that's that's what we want to avoid. So I would recommend not doing intermittent fasting if, you know, as a woman, if you're reading this of childbearing age. But like I said, new data just came out from the Journal of Obesity and Metabolic Syndrome. It was published on September 30th this year, and it went over intermittent energy. Uh, whoa. I just like forgot what the (laughs) titles mean. Okay. This is my squirrel brain. Intermittent energy restriction versus continuous energy restriction. There we go. And what that means is intermittent energy restriction is basically intermittent fasting. Like you're intermittently restricting calories and then giving them back. Whereas continuous energy restriction just means a total daily deficit. Like what you usually do if you're a client in our program, we, and you're in a fat cutting phase, you're in a fat loss phase, 
we will take off 10 to 20% of calories from your maintenance. And that is a continuous energy restriction. You're in those continuous macros every single day. You're in a deficit every single day. That's what we do. That's kind of, you know, what I'd rather promote because you're getting fed every day at different times. So this, this study was important because it was a meta-analysis, which means it's a summarization of a bunch of studies. They went and looked at all the studies that took into account what they were looking for and compiled all of the data into essentially a new study of results. So they had, they went over 16 randomized controlled trials, which are great. We love RCTs, 16 RCTs with over 1400 participants, both men and women. So they looked at all of these studies, dug through and what they found was there was no statistical difference, which is what we want, no statistically significant difference in body weight between the groups. So, you know, weight wasn't really different between the two uh, in a 12-week span. Waist circumference was not any different, which you want because even if we're looking at like metabolic obesity, stress response, um, diabetes, things like that, waist circumference is extremely important. That's where we usually pack on a lot of weight, especially in metabolic syndrome and cortisol responses and things like that. So there was no difference in waist circumference and there was no difference in body fat composition. So it's not like you're losing more body fat by doing intermittent fasting or anything like that. They did find that the continuous energy restriction group had changes in blood glucose because obviously you're eating more often. So you're going to have more changes in blood glucose, but there was no difference in hemoglobin A1C, which is the three month average marker for diabetic patients on blood sugar. So usually if you have diabetes, you want that number to be under seven. If you don't have diabetes, you want that number to be under like five and a half on a functional level. So there was no difference in three month A1C. Um, there was no changes in lipids. So no group had better cholesterol than the other. And there was a difference, however, in systolic blood pressure. So if you have high blood pressure and specifically your systolic blood pressure is high, which is the top number, the systolic blood pressure was better in patients in the continuous energy restriction, which means eating more often kind of kept that number lower because you're probably not in a stress fasted state, no change in diastolic, which was the lower number. So overall, with no statistically significant differences, they concluded that intermittent energy restriction is not superior to continuous energy restriction, which is really important because a lot of people will sit there and say, intermittent fasting is the shit. It's so amazing. It's so much better than a normal deficit. Do it. And it's not. So because it's not, if it works for you, go ahead and do it. If it works for you to not eat breakfast and, you know, restrict your timetables of when you can eat, absolutely go do it. Unless you're a woman of childbearing age. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put some disclaimers on here because this is my professional opinion. Um, but you instead, if you don't want to do that, or if it's going to harm you more than hurt you, especially if you're a woman, Continuous energy restriction is fine, which means you can eat at any time of the day, just keeping your calories at that energy restricted amount at that deficit amount, and you'll still have the same results. You don't have to skip meals. You don't have to cut yourself off uh, at bedtime or, or hours before bedtime. You can socialize with friends. You can eat breakfast and get up in the morning and, you know, have healthier behaviors that don't involve worrying about time restrictions. You don't have to work out fasted, which I don't recommend anyway. Um, so I like this study because I like, you know, obviously I, I like hearing that my theories are correct. <laughs> Number one, 
And number two, um, it was just really great because then we can like shove that in people's faces who are like, yes, intermittent fasting is the best. We love it. Uh, kind of like keto people, you know, keto is the best. And I can do that one next. We can talk about that one on the next episode. So in summation, intermittent fasting is no better than continuous energy restriction. I don't recommend it for women, especially of childbearing age, because it will give you higher cortisol and mess up hormones a little bit. And if you're trying to get pregnant, fertility is on your mind. You just want like a healthy metabolism. Fasting ain't the way. It's not the way. It's not recommended. If you do want to do that, I would suggest the 10, 12 window or even flipping it. And, you know, instead of fasting for 12 hours, fasting for 10 hours, you can kind of test it out and see how your body responds. But for men, go for it. Intermittent fasting, if you love it and you're a dude, go for it. I'm giving you the green light. But if you're a woman, let's avoid it. Let's eat breakfast, you know, food first, actually wake up water first, then food, then coffee, then go get your workout in and then have the best day ever. So thank you guys. My announcement for today, uh, by the way, if you have any questions about this episode, please you know, reach out to me on Instagram. Like I said, I like to talk to everybody on there. I do answer all messages usually. Uh, comment on the, I don't think you can comment on the podcast, but if you can, let me know and um, you can comment on here and I'll answer back here. You can find me on Facebook, wherever. I'm on all the things. But announcement, and it will be an announcement already on Instagram before this episode comes out. So if you're listening to it, I've already kind of announced it on socials, but we are launching our six-week fat loss program. We have a challenge, a six-week fat loss challenge will start November 28th. And I'm super excited about this because we have totally changed it. Now we've ran it twice in the past and we did have a lot of success on it, but I want more people in it, like as many people as we can get. So the cost of this, especially if you're listening now and you get on the interest list early, will be less than like going out to dinner. Let's just put it that way for the whole six week challenge. And you're going to get so much from it. So I'm going to post the interest list in the show notes. Um, you guys can get on there and put your email in and then I'll be sending out notifications of when cart opens and when to sign up. But the challenge will start the 28th for six weeks. So that'll take us into one, two, three, four, Five, that'll take us into the new year. So you will get through Hanukkah, Christmas, all the December holidays. You'll get through the new year and already be like halfway to your goals by the time people are starting their goals. So I love to get a head start, especially on the cheap and especially on the sustainable, which is what we do. We are not a fat uh, weight loss program coaching system. We are a sustainable metabolism program. So six week challenge. Again, if you have any questions, reach out. And I hope you guys have a kick-ass week and I'll see you here next Thursday. Bye.